Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. Um, before we get started, if you got lost somehow on the feed, that is entirely my fault, and a little bit bumper's fault, since if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you may have noticed that there's a logo in the bottom corner of the podcast art that says bumpers in a big, goofy font. That was a podcast app that I used to use to record everything on. That's how I did the little, like, intro things and, like, all the little, like, cuts in and out of, in and out of stuff. Um, it made me sound more together, at least for this intro section where I would cut out long pauses. But that's not going to be happening anymore because I'm going to have to do it by hand on the computer again, because bumpers will be, as of March 6th, dead in the water, basically. You won't, meaning I won't be able to record anything on it. What that means for you is you get, that means a couple things for you, only one of them bad. You get a bunch of pod, you'll get a podcast every week still, if I can help it, and you will also get higher quality audio, higher quality, like higher, just a higher quality show in general. I'll be able to drop in like sound, sound clips and all sorts of fun stuff. And will it, it will be a better production in general. I'll be able to also clean up the sound a little bit um, because I'll have more control over everything. But with that all has meant so far, which is bad, is five, at least five episodes have just dropped off the bottom of the feed. I don't know why they did this. I just know that they did. I will probably re-release those episodes as kind as like a, as like lost episodes. Um, but so if like you were listening to the Boruto Naruto Next Generations podcast, which is about an hour, I think, and it's gone from your feed, I apologize. Please don't leave me. I appreciate you. But I will get all those together, and like I said, I'll release them one at a time. It's like bonus lost episodes kind of stuff. Um... But, that's not, but what we're here to talk about today, I gave you guys a big hint in in the prequel episode on Monday, is one of the biggest shonen properties in anime in quite a while, probably since... The, the death of the first big two of the first bi- of the big three anime, which was Dragon Ball V. Um, and for those of you who don't know what I mean by big three anime or have an opinion about what they could be. When I talk about the big three anime, I'm talking about 
specifically Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, and Bleach. Though, th- though, uh, to me, I consider those the big three. Usually, Naruto is the one that's in contention. Lots of people slot One Piece into that slot, and that and it goes Dragon DBZ, One Piece, Bleach. But I always put Naruto in there just because somehow it makes more sense to me. Um, but hey, to each their own. But the show that we're talking about tonight is My Hero Academia. So, basically, everybody is really in love with My Hero Academia. The... But what most people don't really know is that My Hero Academia is the third attempt of the original mangaka to create like a perfect, well-oiled machine of a traditional shonen like power manga. Like shown in action manga, and you can see that he learned from his previous experiences, and that he's clearly he's looked at things like Bleach, and he's looked at things like Dragon Ball Z, and he's taken bits and pieces of that, and he's worked them into this really just amazing fabric of things. He's also taken stuff from things like Naruto and from things like One Piece. Um, but the, the so the basic plot of the show is but before we get into talking about what exactly makes the show so great, I want to go over a little bit of the plot. Um, although I doubt anybody listening to this had not seen at least some of My Hero Academia. I want to be kind of specific with the plot because it's important because the the plot of this anime does not rest on the same support as lots of other shonen action anime that probably doesn't do it, that easily doesn't do it as well. Basically, the idea of this anime is that sometime in the future, people evolve, evolve out of what they were into, be, into having their own unique superpowers. And about 80% of the world's population has some kind of superpower. And those range from everything from, like... People look we people look weird and can turn themselves in, or can turn themselves into a signpost to like real Superman type shit where you can you're like muscle bound and you're ultra strong and you can punch through walls and you can leap over giant buildings or even like you can your your entire family is a family of people born with rocket boosters in their in the calves of their legs and they can like shoot and they can like run across water and shit. 
or they or the character and she the character in this she can make stuff float um but the main character of this show Izuku Midoriya can't doesn't have any superpowers when the show starts he is the show defines him as one of these 20% of people in the world now who develop no quirks and quirks and the word quirk is how they refer to people's powers. So he doesn't have any and and when the show starts out will never have any superpowers. Uh, but and normally that would be a real bummer but it would still be okay but in this and it was setting itself up to be okay it was there's there is a version of this manga where Izuku never gets superpowers and becomes a very successful bank teller or a very successful, like, bank branch manager, I'm sure. And that manga is probably adorable and, like, very quaint, but <laughs> also truly disappointing if you've seen any of what comes after the first couple episodes or couple chapters of this show. Basically, this show posits that because there have been all these people with superpowers there's been there was, first there was a rapid rate of there was a rapid rise in crime in the crime rate and then there was the introduction of people who work as professional superheroes and it's not like and these people are basically they start they started out like the like neighborhood vigil aunties that you you see on the news every once in a blue moon. Like, people in, like, weird Batman masks. Basically, it starts out like, from what I understand, it started out kind of like kick-ass. And then eventually, like, went like a Justice League Unlimited kind of scenario, except more local. So, criminals started... Criminality started rising, and then the government embraced vigilantes and superheroes to, like, help control the massive amount of villainy that goes around. And what that has resulted in is there are whole high schools now that train people to be superheroes. And the most famous of which is UA, or, um... The UA Hero Academy. Which. And Deku has grown up watching. Probably the world's most famous superhero. All Might. For. His entire life. And he was shattered when he found out. He would never get to have. Get the ability to even. Attempt to be a superhero. Like his idol. Until he has an encounter with a villain 
I, I, until he actually he has two encounters with a specific villain and proves to All Might, who, unbeknownst to the rest of the world, has suffered, like, serious, a serious mortal wound and can now only use his powers for about 15 minutes at a time. After proving that he's got, like, that he has the mindset to be a hero regardless of whether or not he has the physical capacity to, All Might takes him aside and says, look, kid, uh, you have to swear not to tell anybody this, because there'll be hell to pay. People will hunt you down and murder you. But I can pass my power from one person to another, and I want to pass my power to you. And what he says is, basically, there are two versions of his quirk. One is a version that takes power from people and amasses it. That power, that that ver- that quirk is called. One for all. It's called One for All. And by amassing this huge amount of power in one quirk passed down through generations, each generation gets stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. But the, o- but the base power only involves being able to give power to other people. And that's why that's why it's called all for. That's why it's called one for all. I think that I think that all might is one for all. The other half of his power, the other half of one for all, is all for one, and and that allows somebody to take other people's quirks. And amass the power solely and amass the power solely for themselves until it's passed down eventually and it it sets up this huge cosmic like good and evil battle and Deku's eventual goal is to like fight the inheritor of all for one and win. But what this show does brilliantly is it says this kid just got these powers. He is not he is not he is talented and intelligent because he has spent all of the fifteen years he's been alive basically being as much of a massive nerd about superheroes as he possibly could, he keeps, you led to believe he keeps untold amounts of notes on every superhero and has them almost memorized to the point where he sees a superhero, he knows their name, he knows their ability, he knows, like, the special moves, all this other stuff, and, like, all these other details about them. And that 
amount of studying and that amount of pouring over the kind of raw data of what it's like to be a superhero turns it into something different for him because he truly thinks about things like All Might's powers or later on in the show Eraserhead's powers and that gives him the advantage of if he's taking so many notes he is using those notes to be to to analyze stuff he hasn't encountered before like oh if this person has this power it might probably work like this other like this hero who has this power and he can figure out how to deal with it and this show very quickly makes all the characters involved deal with things in a more intelligent way it is not it's oh they're the character who usually seems like he's brute forcing his way through things and that character is Bakugo and Bakugo is he he's set up as Deku's he's set up as like the antagonist in the in the very beginning of the show but by the point at which season two ends he is Deku, he's definitely Deku's rival, and it's kind of revealed that Bakugo's pride is ultimately, Bakugo's pride and in his massive ability, basically um, Deku and Harris's ability, uh, which is like extreme, literally bone-shattering strengths. But Bakugo uses... Basically, his sweat functions as nitroglycerin, and he can ignite it. So he can, like, make things explode. And he has this, like... And he's just, like, the most angry, pissed-off human ever, like, written by man and they do a really good job of creating this, the mangaka, whose name I forget, um, did a really great job in the manga, and it translates really well to anime, of creating a character who the audience is basically told to hate. Within the first couple scenes of the show, he tells this kid, this, his classmate, Izuku, who he's known for, who it's, you're led to believe he's known for his entire life to jump off a bridge, to jump off the roof of the school building. And he knows there's no, there's no way Izuku can like re- can react can get back at him because he'll just 
blow him up. Literally. So, but they take this, that, a character who has an inclination to do something that awful, and they tweak him and humanize him and make him not so quickly that you, you it's like a about face, but quickly enough where it's believable and slowly enough where you can notice it happening. They turn him into this character who is an asshole, but he truly and honestly tries to do things the right way. He does it um, by almost the end of the second, by the, the middle of the second season, I think it is. He wins the school festival, which they turn into this, like, massive battle royale of it. They turn into basically a tournament arc, which is the best way to do it. One of the better ways to do it, I think, I've seen. Um, And he but he wins basically by default. And they have to bring him up on stage in, like, a straight jacket tied to a stretcher because he's so pissed off that he didn't get to win fair and square without so there would be no question that he like is ready to basically burn the entire stadium to the ground which is it's just it they find a way to make the mangaka found a way to make a character who is truly, obviously, a good person. Uh, truly, obviously, a good human being, but a bad person. If that makes any sense. Meaning that they... They truly want to stand for justice and doing the right thing, but they will not do it with a smile on their face. And they they have tons of other great characters who show you the kind of wide breadth of the types of people who are not only in in the hero program, but in society and in this world that they've created. There's there and they have a whole and they have whole conversations about ambition and about good and evil and about right and wrong that are pretty nuanced and pretty and present a pretty unique understanding of all of that. For example, um, Uraraka Okocho, the, um, the kind of, the, who actually won best girl for the Crunchyroll anime awards, which by the way, this show won like seven awards at that thing. Not the, those awards 
are necessarily viable, but they are some kind of measure of quality, I guess. Um, her reason for wanting to be a hero is basically to make money. And everybody's like, and when she presents that to Izuku, who they make it really clear that Izuku and Uraraka have a thing for each other that, that, that like that they're just not, um, what's the word? They are not acting on currently <laughs> that like they both kind of realize they've, both have a thing for each other and they're doing the they're doing a really fantastic version of the Yusuke Keiko relationship but with less self but they pack it with less self-awareness so like Yusuke and Keiko both had a thing for each other but they both knew it, and so they were both, like, cool about it. Uraraka and Izuku have a thing for each other, but neither of them realize the other one does, so they can't navigate it too well. Which is just, it's a really cute take on it. Because it's, it's harmless, and it, but it doesn't ask any, it doesn't ask the viewer to invest in it, in a way that distracting um but when she presents the idea that she just wants to be a hero for the money to Izuku and to some of her other classmates she says you know most people will probably dump on me and say like you know like there are better reasons to be a hero than just for the money blah 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 you should do it you should do it for the common good. And she gets around saying, but my parents grew up poor and I want to be able to provide for them. And it puts in stark contrast this idea of money being evil, of money being this inherent evil that everyone needs to deal with. And says, like, no, it's, it, it's okay if you want to like go out and get a good job just for the money everybody does that at some point somehow for some reason it does not mean that someone's a bad person if they want to go and make money that's not how it works it's about what you do with that money and about what you do with the things you earn um but it's so it's it has a tendency to be more nuanced than a lot of shonen anime over the years have been and the best of shonen anime over the years have like, strive to and hit at certain points. For instance, at some point in Naruto Shippuden, the 
like, adult half of the Naruto series. There's a scene in which Sakura confesses her love to Naruto and says, I love you. Says those words to Naruto, intending them for Naruto. And Naruto basically tells her to go fuck off a cliff. And he says, you know, I know that you, I know that you're lying, even if you don't know that you're lying. And here's why. And it's become a pretty famous scene. And the, re- and the reason why it's become a famous scene among other things is it took all of the fan theory around Naruto of, because at that point in the show, there was tons of fan theory about who Naruto was going to quote-unquote end up with. Now that Boruto is a show, we all know that he ended up with Hinata, and they, like, did a great movie. They did an actually pretty good movie, kind of retroactively stitching them together in a way that was... that, that was clearly left open... And they felt they needed to cement it shut. So, like, there's no question here. These two were always meant to be. Um, but, even though it was a really kind of overblown, overdramatic scene where they did that, if you've seen that scene, if you've watched that scene, you know that Sakura is being serious when she confesses to Naruto. She truly cares about him and truly and in that moment is willing to truly let go of her feelings for the other for the other part of their team Sasuke in order to protect the person who is right in front of her. The person who has up until that point given his life to bringing back her true love. And there's a emotional complexity to that scene that I don't think that lots of people give it credit for because it came out of a show like it came out of Naruto, which is all about the the Tetsuro Kanade complex turned up to 9 million. Um, but the mark of a good show is that it can still, is that it can do those things and it can convey those feelings and thoughts and like complicated ideas and it's the viewers buy into it and they understand it. And where My Hero Academia excels is that they take these really complicated concepts and they lay them out in a way that is really understandable and really and doesn't 
doesn't treat the audience like idiots. So in the second season of My Hero Academia, the 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 gang, the class, the like a group pack of idiots, whatever you want to call them, encounters this character called Stain, and Stain is really revealed to be the other half of what Izuku Midori of who of the kind of person Izuku Midoriya is. Izuku became obsessed with All Might, studied him incessantly, and thought to be like him and ultimately was able to be like him. Stain is this maniacal, insane, like, cultish worshipper of All Might and of what it mean and what of what he believes to truly be a hero, and he looks down on anybody like say or Araka who's doing it for the money, regardless of why they're doing it for the money. He will look down on them and try, and he becomes the hero killer. His manifesto leaks out online and causes this whole new breed of villains to kind of come up through the woodwork. And... But in in the portrayal of that, they have a conversation there. They have a conversation about the internet and the way the internet spreads ideas that is... Amazingly effective at explaining, like, look, this is how you know bad things get spread around on the internet all the time. This is exactly how it happens. You know, one person puts a video up and 29 million people watch it. Somebody puts a podcast out and 12 people watch it, and then 12 of it, and they tell 12 of their friends, and the like. The original idea spreads out and out and out and out and it affects all these people. And that's just the seed of an idea. And it's like you drop a seed in water and the waves go forever. But that... It takes a really talented story to... It takes a really talented storyteller to wrap all of that into a shonen action manga where the main selling point of the manga and of the now anime is the fight scenes and the like the superheroiness of it but it still has room for all of these really nuanced, controlled ideas. And that, that is, I think, a huge part of the reason that My Hero Academia is so well liked by everybody. Um, but I think I'm going to call it here. I'll make this a little bit of a shorter one. Um, if you like this podcast, 
please uh, subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, which I need to change, um, or Google Play, and um, tell your friends about it. Tell them, like, hey, are you looking for somebody who maybe week to week talks about some cartoons on the internet? You should go check out this guy podcast. It's called Lunchbox Radio. You can find it by searching Lunchbox Media, which hopefully I'll be able to fix in your podcast app of choice. Um, If you really like me, you can go ahead and you can leave me a review on any of the podcast apps that take five-star reviews. Um... But, oh, and before I go, the day this is coming out, for those of you who have been listening beforehand, I have a new story dropping on Medium about anime and love stories and all that fun stuff. So if you're interested, if you've been interested in what I've written about before, you can go on, you can go over to lunchboxmedia.tumblr.com. And you can check out that story. I'll make sure it's posted there. Um, You can also find all the old episodes, including if you're at all interested and you're new to this show, um, the the first five episodes, which are missing from this feed currently, which, like I said at the beginning of this show, I will put back up at some point as, like, lost episodes and whatnot. So, um, yeah, go, you can go to lunchboxmedia.tumblr.com. There will be a link in the description of this podcast. And check all that out. And until next week, until next Monday, when I will be dropping uh, the like next episode preview, um, I have been Alex. You've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. And I will talk to you next time.